Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Hello and welcome back to season six of Sex Talk. We've had a nice month off. We've been cruising together around the French Riviera, of course, and driving in very expensive cars and being on yachts and things like that. It was fabulous. Thanks for asking. Um, But really, no, we haven't really, have we, Kelsey? We've we've been a few places. I mean, the French Riviera does not remind me of Phoenix, Arizona at 113 degrees for a basketball tournament, but close. Close. Yes, I'm trying to think. Oh, no, I went to um, a little English village about an hour outside of London, which was gorgeous. But I do have lots of other trips, which I'm going to show off about as we're going along, well, when I've been, come back, etc. If I had your accent, no matter where I went, it would sound cool. I went to this little place and I did this and that, like nothing. <laughs> like I, I'm like, I went to the store, I went to the beach. I love being in America. Love, but see, that's the we love that accent. I love it. I love it. I love it. I just, just think it makes me laugh. Well, it's, yeah, it's you so, haven't got that accent anyway. You've got a beautiful accent. Yeah, yeah, it's gotten better now that I've left the South, but for a while there it was deep. But I'm so glad to see you. I know, me too. I've missed seeing you. I've missed you. And we have had so many questions and it's been really hard to to pick the, you know, anyway, I picked three great ones. We've got enough to keep us going, I think, the whole season. But please keep sending them in because we do, you have to sort of balance it all out. So it's great to get a whole variety of questions. So please keep sending them. Yeah. And we're going to get started, but it is Listen, I think summer brings out the sex in people because everybody's ready to talk about it and everybody's ready to try new things. And um, yeah. And bodies are on display. You can see people's bodies. That's right. And it finally is sunny here in LA, even though it used to be for years, it stopped being sunny, which I don't know why. I'll talk to God about that also. I have a long list of questions for him, but Mm -hmm. it's finally sunny again. So everybody is out and ready to go. So here we go on our first question. I'm a 48-year-old woman who would like to start dating again. But what do I do about the orgasm dilemma during the first sexual encounters with a guy? It takes time and practice to understand each other to achieve an orgasm for me. I've never found it at the beginning. Most guys think they can make a woman come on the first encounter, and if they don't, it has a negative effect. But I don't want to get caught into that bind of faking an orgasm, then not knowing how to communicate what I really need to get there. What is your advice? So how to do it from the start is interesting, isn't it? Because she's quite right. The reason why men think it's very easy to give an orgasm early on is because 
women fake it very, they're more likely to fake it early on because we want them to like us, we want them to see us as sexy, we don't want to offend, and then you're caught in the trap, of course. So we, you know, and the fact that women do this makes it difficult for the next woman who comes along to be truthful. So we all need to take a stand on this, and it sounds like this woman is going to take a stand. So we all need to be honest and stop faking orgasms right from the start, and then the next woman that comes in after us doesn't have to either. So that's the whole moral of this story. But this is, I thought long and hard about this because I just thought, well, okay. I mean, I faked her at the start. That's what I was going to ask you. Oh my yeah, God. Yes, of course at I At the have. start, yeah. in the middle, at the beginning, at the end. <laughs> are you, I mean, I think if we're being truthful, it, it sometimes you just do because you want it to be done and you want them to be happy. And mm-hmm. I think most guys are like, they believe you. I mean, we're pretty good what? at it. I don't actually, women are very good at it. And I don't think that, I think if you can have a real orgasm with your partner and you know how to have a real orgasm with your partner, it's okay to fake it now and then. Like if they're just doing everything right and you're just not in the mood, sometimes it is just kinder to to fake it. But if you can't have an orgasm with your partner, that's when it gets into bad territory. But obviously in an ideal world, we would be set up to not be faking it at all. So here's my plan of how to make that happen. First of all, I think she's got an age advantage at 48 because I think she's probably not going to be dating guys who are 18, or she might. Good luck. But hopefully, you know, men who have been in long-term relationships tend to learn more about sex. So hopefully, if he's, you know, the chance of him having had a partner in the past, he said, look, this is what I need to orgasm a higher. Um, but the critical, critical point to making this happen is to choose the right partner. So you need somebody who is sexually experienced and savvy enough to know that women, you know, don't get just, you're not going to get an instant orgasm with some woman that you don't know, unless you're absolutely amazing at some great oral technique or something. Now, how to find out whether somebody is sexually experienced or not, hold off on sex and have just instigate lots of conversations about sex. If he can talk, you know, about, God, you know, what did you do about sex during COVID? What do you think about the younger generation of sex? Just general things. See how comfortable he is. The more easily he's able to talk about sex, the more likely he is to know a little bit more about the female body and be comfortable with being given direction. So that's the number one thing. You don't get yourself into a stage where you don't have to fake if you're ending up with some cocksure guy who's like, oh yeah, you know, I I know what I'm doing and who doesn't talk about sex, never talks about it and just it's all about him. So right partner is the number one thing. I think also take it slow and don't go rushing into the intercourse thing because the foreplay thing is when you ask those questions at the very start, do you like this? Is this feeling okay with you? The minute you go into intercourse, I mean, intercourse is intercourse. There's only so much you can do. No one goes, how's this? And maybe we'll try it a different way. They just do it. Don't you think? I think the foreplay stage is when you actually start connecting. I think it's, I actually think this is pretty interesting because this idea too that an orgasm is much, like, I feel like there needs to be a conversation that there are times that I won't have an orgasm, but it won't mean that I didn't enjoy it. Are we allowed as women to not have an orgasm? But are we also taught, or what I think and what I've learned over the last couple of years that I believe that a man needs to ask you, would you like an orgasm this time? Because if so, I think the woman should go first because once he does, it's over. And there are times Mm -hmm. that that is what you want. You want to have an orgasm. You want that release. But there's also a lot of times as a woman where you are just enjoying being physical with them and you might not be in the right mindset. So 
how do we talk to our partners before we get started saying like, oh, let's, I want this to be a long session and I want to have three Mm. or four orgasms Mm. and I want us to black out here. I think that comes later, don't you reckon? Yeah. So you're saying this is in the beginning. Yeah, this is in the beginning of how to get real orgasms from the start. I think if you set this up, I think then you're totally right. No one talks about that either, is that sometimes you don't want a a big long session. Sometimes you just want a quickie. Sometimes you want a really quick orgasm. You might not want intercourse. So yeah, the the more you set the boundaries, you know, let's make this a really long session. Let's make this a quick session. I don't mind if I don't orgasm, so go for it. If, you know, this is more for you. There's all that sort of conversation that you can have as well. The other thing I think is that if you lead by example, the more questions you ask him, the more he's obliged to ask them back. So if you're saying all the way through this foreplay and saying, you know, do you really like this touch? Show me how you like it. Is this pressure okay? Is this technique okay? He'd have to be pretty rude to not then turn around to you and go, oh, okay, so what do you like and how do you like it? So I think that's a sort of sneaky way to do it. You must know what you want. So too many women are very quick to say to men, you know, like, well, he didn't give me an orgasm. It's like, well, do you know how to make yourself orgasm? Well, no, but he should know. It's like, well, if you don't know, how the hell is he supposed to know? So have a good partner-friendly technique at the ready, like hands, tongue, Hopefully something like that. Yeah. I think that's important. Oh, sorry. I was going to say too, I think also, you know, there's a new movement in the sex world, which you would know about, but that there's different types of orgasms. So it's not just the one that you have with a vibrator or the one that you're used to having since you were 18, but there are different ways you can have an orgasm through a cervical orgasm or some different techniques that you want to teach him that you enjoy early on. So that's mm-hmm. not always that one type of orgasm that he's Style going of for. orgasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, all orgasms are clitoral orgasms because they all come from the clitoris, whether it's the tip or the clitoral um, erectile tissue all around everything. So you can call them different names, but they are always going to set off the same oh, thing. A, sort of even thing. a cervical orgasm? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, which is a new thing. They are. They're all just, dis- they're in many ways to skin a cat, aren't they? Right. So they're just talking about different, you know, the anterior fornox and, you know, that was the AF orgasm was a big thing for a while there. So, you know, but also I think that's fun, isn't it, to try for a different orgasm, yeah. to try for all these different things. Now, the other thing I was going to say is when you, um, if you're too shy to say, do this and yeah, can you do it like that? If you don't want to do all that, just over egg the whole positive reinforcement. Like instead of going, oh, that feels nice. It's like, oh, oh my God, that feels amazing. And then when you go completely silent, when you don't like it, just go completely silent. And then he'd have to be again, pretty stupid to not think, "Mm, hang on a minute. She loved it when I was doing that. She's making all this noise and now she's not saying anything. So it's a very, you know, passive way of giving feedback. Speaking of feedback, I don't think men mind feedback so long as it's not done like a sergeant major so long as it's done that we've said many many times I you know that feels great but if you could do that it would feel even better you know if you're going to say not like that do this then you're not going to get anywhere but so I think that's probably a few ideas of where to start to find a man that you don't ever have to fake it with or a partner that you don't have to ever have to fake it with we always say man because I think women know so I think lesbians have a lot better or, or people who sleep with women People who sleep with anyone who has the same set of genitals than you, I'm sure they find it easier in lots of ways, don't you think? Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I mean, the people I've dated over the last five years, we talked about sex a lot. It was like a major part of our courting. 
Um, and I didn't have that with my husband because we were too young. But at, mm-hmm. at 48, this woman has the ability to have really cool conversations at the start about how this part of the relationship should go. Just like you talk about where you want to travel and how you feel about money and how you feel about where you want to eat. You can you can have these conversations because you have history and you both have been places. So it really can mm-hmm. be fun to say, man, you know, this is you know, one of the real reasons I want to be in a relationship because I want to have good sex. And I don't think you think that when you're 19, 20. I mean, you do, but okay. the, the type of sex you, you can have. You have the have, confidence to say it probably. Yeah. And I think sex later is so much better because you're taking your time and you're not worried mm-hmm. about the future. And if are we going to be married or what? It's like, I'm here for the enjoyment. So I think it's great. Mm-hmm. It is Anything good. else on that one? No, no, that's enough on that one, I think. Okay. Good luck. Let us know how it goes. Okay, this question kind of gets me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna Okay. I'm gonna let you lead and then I'll say my my thoughts on it. So guys have a built-in masturbation tool, the foreskin, and they discover it very early. They have some advantage, I would say, for discovering their body and how it can give them the pleasure of an orgasm. I have a 13-year-old daughter and I want her to also learn about her body and how to give herself an orgasm. I've been thinking about giving her access to a website called OMG Yes, which runs a masturbation course online. Even though I think this would be good for her, I'm hesitant to be the one to suggest it, being a father. I'm nervous even to suggest this to my wife. I really enjoy your podcast. I like the way you sometimes talk from the point of view of a man. Right. I can tell you why this has freaked you out and I can tell you why it didn't freak me out. This guy came from Iceland. He comes from Iceland. Icelandic people have very different sexual mores than we have. They're very sexually liberated, and as are most of the Scandinavian countries. So while it sounds to Americans and maybe British, it's like, what the hell is this father thinking about his daughter like this? It's not, actually. It's just the way, they're way more open about sex. They're way more upfront about it. And I thought to myself, God, that daughter is so damn lucky Mm. to have a father who's not like, don't have sex, you get pregnant, don't have sex, you end up with an STI. He's like, have sex, but I really want you to enjoy it. So if only all parents were so liberal, if only we were all like Icelandic people and Scandinavian people, and because, you know, any parent who's thinking 13 is too early to talk about sex, number one, talking about sex to your kids stops them having sex too early. In countries where there's good sex education and parents talk to their kids about sex, the age of virginity is way higher. Number two, they're watching porn. Your kids start watching porn at 10. So if you don't talk to them about sex, porn is going to teach them all the lessons or, you know, so you don't really have a choice these days. You have to talk to them. So I think, but I mean, what he's sort of saying, I mean, the the overriding thing, the question is he's asking is, is this creepy coming from dad, right? And if he was a single parent, I would say, no, it would depend on the relationship that he has with his daughter, but, and it depends on the relationship she has with the mother. So in terms of which parent should be talking to the kid, yes, you think, the father should be talking to the son and sometimes the, you know, the mother should be talking to the daughter. But sometimes it doesn't work out like that. They don't get on that well. Or then, you know, one parent has one role and the other parent has another. So I would say it's it's the parent that has the easiest relationship with the kid that should talk to them about sex. And what I love about this website, by the way, which is absolutely fantastic, is I'm 
all four things that you can say, here, kid, here's a website, or here's a book, or here's something that you can explore on your own without me around. We don't have to discuss anything other than here, when you're ready to talk about sex or learn about sex, here's this thing, and then let them go to it. That's a lot less embarrassing. Do you not think? No, I actually, so my thought is, I mean, I guess I had two thoughts. I love the idea that this man wants to talk about sex in a safe kind, open-minded way. Cause I do think that is what keeps kids safe because it's when they don't know what they're doing, they get themselves in trouble. It's, you know, Absolutely. all my friends that got pregnant were like, I don't even know how it happened. I'm like, how's that possible? I still feel that way when people are like, oh, I was, it was a surprise. I'm like, pregnancy is never a surprise. <laughs> it just, it's just, just simply not. I'm like, whenever yeah, people say that, true. especially married people that already have kids, they're like, we weren't expecting it. I'm like, well, then you're an idiot because... <laughs> Unless you have like a condom break or something, it's, you know, exactly how it works. But I guess for me, maybe it's around the masturbation part because I think sex, yes. I actually love the idea that you could give a website to a kid because I think when like daughters get their period, we now give them a book about like what it's Mm -hmm. like when you have your period. You know, our, our mothers didn't do that for us. They were just like threw a tampon at us and we're like, good luck. I think though for masturbation, it was more like a pad, wasn't yeah. it? I, well, I, think I don't remember, bulky but, pad. but I don't remember my mom <laughs> showing me anything. So no. part of me thinks, you know, there's this balance because with masturbation, I feel like that's something she can learn on her own. I don't know. And I guess what you're saying is they're going to mm-hmm. watch it on porn, but I'm, yep. I remember I knew what was happening. I didn't. And I asked my mom at one point, I was like, Hey, when I do this, it feels good. And she was like, that's great, sweetie. Just know that's to be done in private. And Mm. it's just something, it's a wonderful way to get to know your body, but we didn't go into it too much. It felt a little much that they would have a conversation about it, but it sounds like he's looking to say, could I give her this website? Now, this website, can I just go on? Do you want to finish up? No, I think, I think that's a great idea. Like if you have a 13 year old daughter and you're a father and you want her to have, I just, I guess the focus on the masturbation was more interesting to me, Mm. but sex in general. Because it is a masturbation website. Oh, it's just for masturbation? Well, it's kind of it. So so how it all started, so it's OMG, yes. The people commissioned, the Kinsey Institute, really good researchers. Yeah, they're awesome. And they got them to ask, yeah, 10,000 women how they have an orgasm through masturbation, which is how most women learn to orgasm. That's why it's focusing on that. And then they did videos and detailed description. So literally you can go, like say there's 10 common ways that women masturbate. It will show you a little video either of the whole person and naked and their fingers on their vaginas or whatever they're using, or but also done so educationally. It's not like, oh, it's no, there's no, it's not porny. It's completely educational. And you can see how they do it. So then you can go off and try it yourself. And it's the only website of its kind. I couldn't recommend it more. And I think all parents really should give you know, they're, they're young girls. Honestly, good present for your daughter. It's it's really oh, interesting, Kelsey. It's super interesting. No, I, I want to say that I'm okay with it. It's a very specific website. So that's why he's focusing on the masturbation. The whole point of it is if most women can teach themselves to orgasm themselves, then they'll be able to orgasm with their partner. Because if you don't know how to give yourself an orgasm, then you're never going to know with a partner. You're going to be pretty damn lucky to just suddenly, oh, you're one of the lucky 20% that can do it through penetration. So that's why he's focused in on that. But in terms of hesitant talk to the wife, what I've heard is really unusual, that if he's so enlightened, how is he paired up with somebody who isn't? And then I thought it's because the wife probably sees the kid as younger. And I've noticed this with some of the parents that I know, 
that one parent will, I'll talk to them about sex and what are you going to do about talking about sex with your kids and people hate me for it. And one parent will be like, yes, that's a good point, Trace. And the other parent will be, oh no, she's just a baby. And the baby's like 20 or, you know, so maybe his wife sees the kid, her daughter as too young for it yet. Maybe this is the hesitation. I mean, to me, it makes sense that he would first talk to his wife before he's oh, yeah. his so I daughter. Think he's, yeah. And I mean, I... Oh, yeah. I think that would be don't go straight to the daughter. No, yeah. no, no, no. I think no matter what he needs to ask his wife, I do think if his wife is available, it would be her job to suggest it mm. to start just because it's more comfortable if it's the gender. I mean, but I, I have a situation where my kid's father's not around, so I talk to Jack about sex. And I'm like, sorry, I know you wish this was your dad, but it's me and it's mm-hmm. going to get uncomfortable. But I know that, you know, that's just the position I'm in. But I think if he has a wife, he just needs to say, hey, I'd like to give her some information. How do you feel about this? And I think he has to go through her. But it, I mean, he does sound very enlightened. And I do yeah. agree with you that, and I come from the South. So all of this stuff, and we've talked about this before, feels very far reaching for me. Because mm. nobody talked about anything, but everybody got pregnant young. You know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because when this stuff comes up, and I'm very liberal and I talk about sex all the time and I do this podcast, but you see how much it's built inside of us from how we were mm. raised. Exactly. Yeah. And it's very uncomfortable. I mean, I've been talking about sex for 30 years, 40 yeah. years now. So to me, it's just like, wow, why aren't all men like this? But I mean, your wife might say, she might well turn around and say, oh, she's too young and all that sort of stuff. At which point you can say, well, how about when she's 14 or 15 or 16? If that young girl even waits till 16 to get this website, I look at this website, she will be streets ahead of everybody else. So I think it's a really good idea. And I'm sure that we've got it right, that it's because maybe your wife is a little bit, you know, women are more protective over their daughters, I think, than their sons. For sure. if it was the son, yeah, it'd be slightly different. But I think good for you. I couldn't be happier. And everyone check it out. I should have shares in this website. Seriously, I really should. I'm always recommending it, but it's seriously good, Kelsey. Have a look at it. Okay, I will. I'll spend the whole day learning masturbation techniques. I can't barely wait. I've learned a lot on my own, but I'll take any new ones that I can figure out. Fun with yourself. That's going to be the summer of fun. Okay. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, our last question. I am currently in a lucky position and I have a good relationship and enjoy sex. My question is, how on earth do you figure out your fantasies? Is there a list of fantasies somewhere so I can see which ones appeal to me? 
I don't really understand why I don't have fantasies beyond just having sex with a person that I like. Maybe I'm just extremely unimaginative. I don't seem to dream much either. Or maybe it's just a repressed part of my psyche. I assume I must have some fantasies tucked away, and I would really like to be in touch with some of my deeper desires, as I think this will probably be important to having a fulfilling sex life. Can you help me? Point me in a direction to uncover them. It's a really, really great question. I feel like I know it's a fantastic question. I could have written and that about myself, like could you, like fifteen years ago. Yeah, I wouldn't have even thought about anything but just. I mean, maybe I'd have a fantasy of sleeping with someone at work or something, but nothing like that mm-hmm. I could do with my partner. And now I have a long list of things I enjoy. <laughs> <to try. laughs> you know, my first ever sexual fantasy of you go, if anyone, anyone listening to this is going to go, Christ, I thought she was weird, but she's really weird. She my weird. first sexual fantasy was when I was about 10, maybe 12. And it was my parents, we used to play this singer called, wait for it, Ingelbert Humperdinck. Have you ever heard of Ingelbert Humperdinck? No, no. He looked like a sort of very swarthy version of Elvis Presley. He's 87 now. Oh. So while I was having fantasies of this singer that my parents used to watch is beyond me. And my fantasy was that he would meet me around the back of our house, wait for it though, <laughs> and then he would rub bacon rinds up and down my arms. I would like to delete this from the podcast. I wish that had never been shared. It's hilarious. What the hell was I going with that? Where was I going with that? That I'm is confused. so strange. I'm confused about Oh, you're confused. <laughs> I know. Where did where on earth did that come from? Listen. And do you know the really funny thing? I met this singer because my friend knew about that because I wrote it in my first ever book and I've been teased about it ever since. And I had to go backstage with this singer who is seriously so old now and he knew that that was my fantasy. And how embarrassing was that? You need to, anyway. you have to go to some deep therapy because the bacon, I can I get to I the back of the house. I can get all of that. But once you started rubbing the bacon on yourself, Arnie's <laughs> rubbed it on you, I have to stop. So strange. Very, very Sounds like old. a couple anyway. things were, were mixed like sex and eating. Yeah. Uh, Did you yes, like bacon? Exactly. I do love bacon. <laughs> yeah. I do love bacon. It was, it was a compliment. <laughs> anyway, it's crazy. Now, the fact is she is having fantasies because, as you just said, she's already saying, I ha- apart from having, you know, thinking about sex with somebody I like, well, that's a fantasy. People think that fantasies have to have this, like, movie and plot and characters and be really involved. A fantasy is just a sexy thought or an image that we find arousing. That is it. It doesn't have to be kinky. It doesn't have to be something that you haven't done before. It's simply, you know, some people's fantasies are bizarre, like mine, and some people's are very commonplace, very commonplace. So could be, I don't think she sounds repressed. She's, she's, she no. can just get the vibe from the letter that she's, um, the email that she's not repressed. Could be that she's quite left brain and she's sort of thinks in terms of facts and figures and doesn't lie around daydreaming, in, in, you know, let, going off into her imagination, which I did as a kid, clearly. So she might need a bit of practice about it. And um, Justin um, Lee Miller, another Kinsey fabulous person, wrote a book about Tell Me What You Want, which was 4,000 Americans that he did this amazingly intense in-depth survey with. And he found only 2 to 3% of that whole lot of people had no sexual fantasies. But, and there is a condition which I found fascinating called aphantasia, which is the inability to voluntarily conjure up a mental image. So if I said to you horse, 
you picture a horse or a cup of tea, you picture tea. People, some people just can't do that. So they can't fantasize, but it's extremely rare. So what he decided was out of those two to three percent, it's more likely that they didn't want to admit to something. So they'd rather say they had no fantasies than admit to one about, you know, something really weird, like bacon rinds, or they didn't realize that just simple fantasies are fantasies. So what I think she's really asking for is how to give, you know, some more inspiration of how to do some sexual things. Because people often say, tell me your fantasies. And if she doesn't have any, you might feel a bit boring. So number one priority, I would race out immediately. And hopefully this book is still in print. I should have checked it. Did you ever read Nancy Friday, Woman on Top, or any of the Nancy Friday, My no. Secret Garden? No. Oh, my God. Changed my life. It's it's a um, research who asked women everywhere, different cultures, different ages, different sexualities, to write their fantasies and send them in. And she basically hasn't really edited them and just published all these books. They are so extraordinary. Some of them are hilarious. Some of them are just really erotic. Some of them you're like, oh, my God. So if ever you worry about what you fantasize about, read these books. They are fantastic. Then if you want some ideas of what to put on a sex bucket list, which I think is also kind of what she's asking, you can, you know, look at some erotic literature, watch TV, you know, like Netflix, as we discussed, has got soft porn on there all the time. Listen to audio porn. They're full of stories about things like that. And then common fantasies of themes which are things like orgy, threesome, you know, BDSM being tied up, novelty fantasies, the things like a new position or a place, taboo fantasies, things like having sex with your boss, anal sex, bi-curious fantasies, oral sex, you giving it to somebody, them giving it to you, watching others have sex. So, you know, the list of what people fantasize about is as long as could be. But I think it's just a case of just realizing that actually you you haven't got a problem. You are having fantasies. But if you're looking for inspiration, which is what I think you're looking for, um, get one of those books and just practice letting your imagination go where it wants to. It doesn't have to be a big complicated thing though. Yeah. Which is what I think people do think fantasies have to be new and kinky. I think that's the I overriding think, thing. I also think it's interesting that she says she's in a lucky position and she has a good relationship and enjoys sex. What I have found is sometimes when you are in a loving, deep relationship that you're best friends and you have nice sex, fantasies don't pop in as easily as they do if you're in some sordid affair or oh, yeah. some relationship yeah. that you know you shouldn't be in because it's not going anywhere those are much easier to do the things that you wouldn't normally do. I think sometimes the price of these wonderful, committed, kind, loving, good sex relationships is that edge is a little bit missing. So you almost want to think about this relationship in a different way. And I mean, the only thing that always helps me is if you turn off the lights, like start, you almost need to turn off a sense, whatever it, eyes, ears, something so that you can go somewhere else in your head. Because mm. if this is a man you love and you guys watch TV together and you cook together, it's hard to switch into some type of role. Mm. So, Or you role play. Yeah, or you, you have to try. But even, yeah. you know, that was just so hard for me in my marriage because I adored him so much, like a best friend. You know, sometimes I say, think after a long time when you're married or in good relationships, it feels like family. And it's, 
And most of us don't have a fantasy. Yeah, I know. I know. We've talked about a sibling effect, it's called, yeah, about your yeah. family. But this is why we need fantasies, because yeah. when you're in the long-term relationship, when you're sleeping with your husband or wife for the 50 billionth, 100th trillionth time, and probably, <laughs> and probably doing exactly what you've done every other time, you have to disappear into your head to pretend that, in fact, you're sleeping with the hot general contractor Kelsey oh, well, and why, why, you're, you know you. and then you're going through in your head and then you're having and the, the the touch feels different the licks feel different the sex is different because in your head it's not them doing it you're in a different situation and that is not being unfaithful that is called how you keep monogamy remotely interesting yeah the it? other thing I was going to tell her you know the two other things that always work for me or helps is music so you know put together yeah. some playlists that turn you on or kind of give you a sexy vibe. And then also go get a hotel room, get out of the place that you normally have sex. And yes, good advice. Music, darkness, and a new place. And then kind of see if you can push there and figure out what what would be something you'd like to try. A light choke. Mm. We've now we've now pushed her into being somebody who doesn't have great sex. She's just oh, no, she, she has, has great, great sex. sex. She has great sex, but yeah. she wants fantasy. So I'm saying the, the yeah. better the, if you want to have a new experience with that partner, you might mm. need to change the location and the vibe. Hotel rooms are fantastic for sex because you can't help but think, I wonder what people have done in this room. Right, and They're it's at your house, it. and there's nothing calling yeah. you. The dishwasher is not calling you. The Kids aren't the calling yourself. never calls me. The dish, it doesn't? God, it <laughs> no. calls me hourly. <laughs> oh my I wish you the best. I hope she, I want to hear what she says too, because it is fun once you can release yeah. that. But take it from me, it's, I, it took me a long time to tap into them. But once you do, watch out, sister. Yeah. Exactly. And once you do, don't worry about what you fantasize about. It's just fantasy. Don't worry about it. But no, I want to hear from everyone always. And we were going to look at that form to see if we could text back, but um, or call back, no, email back. But anyway, in the meantime, please keep sending in the questions and give us feedback about how you get on with the advice. Yep. Great to be back, everybody. Keep sending in questions. Tracy, I love you. I couldn't be happier with my sex podcast partner. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextalkpod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.